Yo, what up? It's Big B here. Got Nova with me, you know. Um, we'll kind of talk about some things today. Um, you know, we got a lot going on in our society with, you know, uh, the COVID-19 virus. And, you know, we're going to kind of discuss how um, people are coping with it. Uh, we're going to talk about the essential workers. Um, we're going to talk about the government and their play in it. Um, we're going to talk about how it's affecting our community and our society. Um, and, you know, Nova's glad to, you know, it's good to see you tonight. It's good to talk with you and chat with you about this topic. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, kind of having you share your perspective on how um, it's affecting you. So, and me being labeled an essential worker, I will definitely chime in on my angle on how it affects me. So, you know, you ready? Let's, let's let's get to it. So, my mind goes into um, when it first hit the land here. And um, my question to you, um, the initial impact on how you felt when you heard it um, were, you know, I kind of wonder your mindset. I kind of wonder your level of urgency towards it. I kind of wondered if you felt um, as, you know, President Trump stated it was a hoax. I kind of wanted to know your energy as far as what was you thinking when they said that this virus touched down on American soil? I remember it was Friday the 13th <laughs> and I remember that because I had requested off from work um, to attend a grant writing class um, we had completed lunch and we were moving briskly into our second segment of the day mm -hmm. um, I think one of the instructors received some form of notification, which then, you know, promoted them to air it on a television. Um, I don't stay up to date with current events. So you was, at, you was at work when you first heard the news of the outbreak? I wasn't at work. I was at a professional development workshop. Okay. Yeah. And so they, at some point, decided to air it via the television. And mind you, I don't really, you know, use that platform um, much. So I chose to excuse myself because, again, I mean, we knew it was something that, you know, I think at that point for me was considered to be serious. Um but its impacts at that time, it, it just hadn't resonated. And it was so many mm -hmm. other things in my personal life um, that just impeded. So, yeah. 
So, I remember when I first heard it, and at the time, you know, I was catching a bus, and, you know, I seen, you know, people on the bus with <laughs> with washcloths and masks, and, uh, you know, just if somebody coughed, people's eyes got big, and, and and in my mind and in my spirit, I was like, you know, okay, guys, you know, all we got to do is wash our hands and, you know, the simple one-on-one things that mama taught us growing up that, you know, if you're out in public, you wash your hands. Or before you eat, you wash your hands. And before you use the bathroom, you wash your hands. And after you use the bathroom, you wash your hands. And then everything would be fine, you know. So when you first heard the news that, you know, it was serious, um, when you started to hear that there was casualties connected to this illness, um, like, what was your mindset, um, you know, navigating through those moments? Um, I don't know. For me, I think it took a second. And I don't think I mean that in a literal sense. Like, I don't think it was a literal second. Um, because I've gone through, I mean, my job was impacted by it. And you would think that that would have been enough to say, hey, this is a serious matter. But even in that sense, I mean, life around me still continued to matriculate as normal. So I don't know that I thought it as serious. Yeah, you heard of casualties, but, you know, at that point, I'm I'm digging into research and I'm learning about a topic I never knew that existed from as early as 1937. I'm learning things that says, you know, um, diseases such as SARS and those that mimic Mars because I can't articulate its true meaning. You know, things that had already been around, things that has, you know, caused deaths before, it for me was still shaped in that mind frame. Um, it's realness, maybe in the last week, the last two weeks, is where it becomes more and more real um, for lots of different experiences. As what? Like, what, what made it more real to you? What made it hit home to you? I know that me personally, um, you know, first I was like, you know, and unfortunately, this is the American mindset. Uh, oh, that's happening to them over there. Or, you know, maybe their society or their government isn't as clean or on point as our government is. Or, you know, um, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, even being, you know, emphatically honest, you just figure like, you know, well, maybe they just not they don't have good hygiene and have the sense enough to wash your hands. And then as we begin to find out that it evolved as a disease and it laid on surfaces for X amount of hours and it became even to the point where, you know, I seen people on the bus with these 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 <laughs> masks that was created through washcloths and I kind of like scoffed at them 
And this was before it was even considered airborne. Um, so, like, as we go forth and as we go through it, I think when I started to really take it serious, it was when, you know, um, there's an NBA player by the name of Rudy Gobert. And he did an interview and um, he, you know, and they were talking about the coronavirus and he purposely touched all the reporters' mics before leaving. And that kind of showed his lack of concern that, hey, this ain't something that's going to happen over here. This is something that's going to happen over there. And I feel that our mindsets are trained to think that when you think about third world countries and them having war on city soil, that, it, hey, that's over there. But when it when it reaches your backyard, you begin to think about, man, this could really touch me. This could really hurt me. This could really hurt someone I love. Like, how how did you how did you navigate through that mindset that? You know, this is really real. I don't know. I mean, because I still figure sometimes I struggle with that. I mean, to practice social distancing. I don't think that was something I really needed to practice because that was my lifestyle anyway. You know, I go to work, I come home. Now that work's no longer that component, um, mentally... You, you got to find that time to challenge that section of you in such a way because it used to be given to this. Now, what? Um, throughout the course, I've, I've bumped shoulders with articles of, you know, prominent figures that I knew and prominent figures I didn't know. Um, mm. Prince Harry's tribe came across the CDC's website as testing positive a lawyer from my hometown um tested positive and so even for me in that time frame i'm still taking it as i mean you use the word essential shit the motherfuckers was essential i don't know essentially what they were doing during that time but shit they was doing something and for me i i felt like I guess, as you said, if I practice these precautionary tools, I'm, I mean, social distancing was up my alley. Look, you took work off the table. I could do it from home. Um, I'm washing my hands any damn way when I use the bathroom. You know what I mean? So, again, um, I don't know. It, it, it becomes real when you look at it from aspects like my daughter does not live here near me and I want to see her and trying to get her to buy into that perspective it, it's it's something I want to do but I don't want to get to you and then spend my vacation time with you in quarantine and so it forces me to dig deeper and learn what, you know, America feels is important at this time, you know? If it's safe to travel, if it's not, and things of that nature. So, I feel in that respect, it becomes more real. Um, because it's like the livelihood of people I love is 
in some shape, form, or a fashion connected to it. You know, I, I have a daughter that I want to see. I have loved ones that I want to check in on. But you don't want to face, I mean, if I travel from here to there mm-hmm. via car, will I get stopped by a cop? Mm-hmm. If I travel from here to there, you know, just the, the fears that come in your heads with those things um, and rationalizing through it, just, I don't know. That's what keeps me here. So do you feel that society initially do you feel society took it serious do you feel that society kind of looked at it as a joke um you know because my mindset initially was like okay no this is the flu you can recover Mm -hmm. you won't die but what really threw me was when i found out that you know you can carry these symptoms. And I, I learned this from another NBA player, um, Donovan Mitchell, who plays for the Jazz as well, with Rudy Gobert, that you can have these, you can have the virus without carrying any symptoms. And you don't even know it, but you're affecting, you're infecting other people and you don't even know it. Like, how how do you wrestle with the fear of, man, this person can have it, this person. Like, I can imagine, like, I know, like, like at my job, like, there was a kid that came in and he had this cough. And, and, and my kids at the site were, like, petrified. And they immediately, like, now if you cough, you got the coronavirus. Right, right, right. If you sneeze, you got the coronavirus. Right, right. It's not, the common cold has been eliminated. Um... The common flu has been eliminated. It's automatically we're jumping into you have the coronavirus. And, you know, in your walk of life, like how has that impacted you to navigate through life and try to gather a sense of normalcy when society is in such a panic? I'm going to say this, and I don't want to sound too deep too philosophical, too Afrocentric. Um, But if I do, I do. Because again, all those things shape, form, and encompass me at some level. Um, I learned a long time ago that life with labels, it, it, it just makes life hard. One thing I credit us as Americans, regardless of the colors, social demographic, all those things considered, you know, when Corona hit and regardless of each person's level of seriousness, it was a great buy-in to positivity. You saw people, for lack of better terms, in this era or this hour, they gave a damn. The whole concept of pay it forward in April, in March, was going on. Um, the, the concept of looking out for others, okay? Looking beyond your front door. So those things help shape and form it as something real. And then when you look at it from the aspect 
I, I know <laughs> staying mentally motivated is a challenge. And, and sometimes I go a little too far with my jokes, but I'm creating these memes. And I'm being very funny. And I mm -hmm. capture one that says there's this Caucasian guy with his hands up and he has a face mask. And I now have the liberty of adding additional text. And my text that I added, now we are all created equal. As you see, a Caucasian man with his hands up in the don't shoot status. And so for once in our life, we are all playing on the same playing field. And it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter how much money you make. If you don't want to catch this shit, you're not going to touch this. You're not going to do that. You're not going to. And we all had a centralized belief. Do I think we all took it serious? No. Um, it, it's, it's, it's hard because with work from home, there's a certain level of discipline you got to have. Um, and without it, you have lots of free ample opportunity to surf the web and stumble upon myths, facts, so on and mm -hmm. so forth. And I just felt like that's where I was. Um, I, I took on a stance of equality for all. It, it was a, a level of solidarity. Finally, um, you felt more Christian principles being pushed. Um, and not just, again, focused on a, a label. It is hard to cough in public now. It is. Um, for me, I take more of probably my normal stance. I, I can still love on a person in that scenario. Um, yeah, I still got to wash my hands and shit like that, but yeah. So if I started coughing and wheezing right now, you telling me that you're not going to, you know, get out a measuring stick and say, say, stay six feet away from me. I mean, you being who you are to me. And I don't know that that's even a fair statement, because I think as a let's human, say some let's say let's say somebody you don't know, let's say you're at the grocery store, and John Doe, <laughs> I mean automatically your mind is gonna go into okay this dude is sick. Yeah, true that, true that, true that. <laughs> like true that. how do you? Like how do you how do you handle that knowing that you know I mean I, for some reason society has eliminated you know the the common cold and and I, and I double back to my scenario at work where this kid was a new admit and that's a whole another story and I'm gonna get into that he was a new admit and he he came in coughing coughing and he had a, a harsh cough. And, you know, and the kids were, like I said, they were terrified. Like, like how, I mean, like, how do you, how do you, how do you handle yourself in those predicaments and still treat someone as if they are human, but still maintain a level of safety? I think it's called education. And I think... To me, 
like you started the segment, you know, I think some of our initial points, and I don't care what sector you take it from, the joking sector or not, you know, I think we all have had conversations. I know I have, and I'm going to take responsibility for my action. I've had conversations to say, you know, this population of people, hey, they ain't going to make it because them some nasty such and such and such and such. I felt like people in my age bracket, it was a ploy for them to teach the younger generations and look out for the older generations. And so, yeah, you do have that sense of, ugh, you nasty when they cough. And I, I, I think that's fair. Um, it's not just reserved for those that cough. I'm, I've, I succumb to the Facebook scrolls and I see you on vacation and you can call me a hater because a part of me is hating shit. I wish I was there too or at least somewhere other than here, you know, but well, I now, look at you not practicing social distance and I'm like... Well, now they have it to the point where I know at least in Florida, I, I can't speak for other states, but I was watching the news this morning and... You know, it, it, as soon as you cross state lines, you, you have people yes, on site sure. making sure that you're safe and you're you're clear. Do you feel that that's over the top? Do you feel that that's necessary? Um, what's your feelings on that? Honestly, I feel like it's necessary. Um, and you'll have to cut me off if I talk too much too soon. But honestly, I think it is necessary. Um, I don't know if I give too much alone, like if I got too much alone time, but there's various perspectives that come to head with this newfound freedom. Um, we got a stimulus packet that has finally been approved. And what do you I, feel I, about that? I, I think there's some behind the scenes agendas. Um, well, we we're gonna get into that too. Right, we're gonna agreed. get into that too. I, I I really feel so. Put a pin in that. Exactly, and so. Um, Do you think that the stimulus package, like, um, do you think it's enough? Um, I heard that it's a thousand dollars per adult, five hundred dollars per kid, um, but it's not something that they're going to give out monthly but it's something that they're giving out one time and it, and to my understanding excuse me to my understanding this is going to be at least through the month of June that we're going to go through this level of um you know social distancing and also on uh, another question is how how are you maintaining your house what are you doing creatively to maintain yourself um what are you doing to keep your tools sharp um to you know maintain a sense of purpose because you know what I'm what I'm wondering is is and, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are going through the same thing is, you know how how do I maintain a sense of purpose? Um, 
I'm laid off my job. I can't go to work. Um, what can I do to still incorporate a sense of productivity within my day, even though I can't do this or that? Ooh. I'm probably going to start with the ladder and work my way back and help me stay on track. I'm going to say in reference to a statement I said earlier, not to sound spiritual, too Afrocentric, but again, I understand our history. You know, us, our being thus that consider themselves black, of African descent, African American, whatever terms you go by, it is how it was. It used to be a time when, you know, certain rights and privileges that we see before us today wasn't afforded as such. And so if if that can't be a motivation, let's just look at as we matriculate through life. I'm woman and having the rights of a woman, you know, as early as 1914 and here we are in 2020 and we still fighting again for certain rights. I have found the greatest strength for myself, and and it's not easy. And just knowing who I am, where I came from, what things said about you, and staying purposeful throughout this. It's a journey. I, I don't know when it's over. You hear April, you hear June, you hear July. I still feel that Again, because Americans in, regardless of what quadrant of the world you live in. I'm in Indiana, I got a daughter in Oklahoma, and I have cabin fever, okay? I'm mm-hmm. ready to see my kid, I'm ready to go. I have parents on the other side, and again, I'm ready to go. And so... So how do you, how do you deal with cabin fever? Like, man, what, you, what, are you, what, are, what are you doing... To, because I've been fortunate enough to be an essential worker. Um, so what are you doing to, and shout out to the essential workers out there, you know, um, risking your life on the line every day. What do you do, you know, to maintain your purpose? And, and, and if you could define what purpose means to you, like, what do you do? to maintain that how are you how are you upholding that banner on a daily basis because I, I i can imagine after a while um you may run out of things to do i was watching this video on facebook um and it's this guy his name is uh minks and he he does a lot of comedy sketches and he was talking about quarantining and social distancing and even when the guy came up to his door um he pulled out a, a, a measuring stick and said, hey, man, you got to get six feet away from my door. Like, like, do you carry that same concept? Like, how do you, like, how do you, what do you do daily to keep yourself sharp, um, to keep yourself at bay, and to not only keep yourself sane, progress to the making but before corona i realized enough about myself to say 
I'm that type. I benefit from a structured routine. Okay. I have my own personal, you know, business endeavors that because I can't go to a physical job and do, I try to use that platform mm-hmm. or that time frame to pour into that avenue. So you got a structured schedule. You got a, a nine to five from home that you try to incorporate to maintain a certain level of energy and productivity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And being willing, like for example today, um, I'm working on a project and it sometimes gets bigger than me. And I don't know, today was one of those days. I went to bed last night with a purpose in my mind for today. Yes, I got to commit to this, but recognizing my barriers like sometimes working from home and the same monotony of four walls being willing to break that up you know so working from a different location but still working so i don't know it's hard it's a struggle but you got to stay purposeful you got to stay structured you got to stay so what do you suggest for for you know our listeners like to to get through if they are quarantined to get through a level of person you know being you know thinking about their purpose and being purposeful uh being purposeful <laughs> and um and, and and just maintaining a sense of of normalcy you know i know for me at least um personally like if I had the ability to, you know, um, you said something about projects, you know, like, you know, this is the time where if you want to do home improvement, you do home improvement. Um, this is the time where if you want to sharpen knowledge in this area, um, you sharpen knowledge in this area. You know, this is the time where, you know, if you want to build better relationships with um, people, you know, in your household, you know, you build that relationship, you know. So, like, I want you to be specific in, like, how how do you do those things? Yeah. Because I got to be real. Like, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge. I mean, the work environment promotes you. But I don't know that. We as humans always give ourselves credit for the different hats that we play. For myself, I play the role of mom. I play the role of sister. I play the role of significant other. I play church member. All those various roles. Um, And in a time as such, all those layers, all those roles become compromised in some shape, form, or fashion. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can't access everybody or everything in the same fashion. And so I have um, managed to capitalize on this time. Family relations. I mean, I, I program a section of my day, certain days out the week, and I'm checking in with family. And it's been positive for me because... It's given an opportunity to catch up with people that, you know, 
pre-corona, I didn't have an opportunity to talk to. Um, so I do appreciate that aspect. Um, some common challenges are just shit. If I got to be real, you got to be sure you quarantine with the right people. Because for some people, this is vacation season. It's, oh, the bill collectors don't want their money now. It's, and it's none of that in my head. It's, it's business as normal. It's, you know, if you can't pay the whole bill, you still, can you pay something towards it? Because you may be getting this by way of stimulus, but reality says. And so, staying in tune with reality. Staying in tune with reality and not forgetting you as a person. As an important person. Right. So, what do you what do you feel about the um, extreme indulgence in like I, you know, I, I've seen several videos online about people fighting over toilet paper, you know, fighting over this, fighting over that, like, you know. Walk us through your your first shopping experience after this scenario of coming to fruition. I know for me personally, um, I went to the store and, you know, it was like, it was bare. Like, you, you know, you had to, you know, you might have to buy a certain amount of meat that you would normally buy or, you know, uh, there was no canned goods. Little to no water, little to no bleach, those kind of things, those essential things. Like, you know, tell us about, you know, the time you went shopping. Like, how did you, how did you process through that and still try to make it a productive and positive experience, knowing that when you don't have the common resources in play, you know, uh, you know, and just tell us how you navigated through that because, you know, there are certain things you need to run a household efficiently and to have that be in limbo can be, you know, pretty challenging. I, I know for myself, I always stated, as long as I got a job, I got toilet paper. <laughs> you know, so, like, how, when you went through those stores and you seen what you seen cuz i know from my experience it was a lot it was pretty bare like do you feel that that experience heightened your anxiety agree most definitely i mean the experience of shopping alone heightens my anxiety so i give mad props to online shopping insta cards things of that nature you know what i'm saying but even in this platform I haven't really pursued those, you know, because before Corona, you had challenges with those platforms. So when I go into stores, it forces me out of a comfort zone. I'm, I'm not an in-store shopper um, by nature. And then to walk inside and my household structure is a large household structure. And I'm really grateful to God for that. 
Um, but even in my gratefulness, there's a certain level of stewardship that comes with that. And because of that, it's more added pressure. So I am now forced into stores in front of signs that says, um, this was my experience a week and a half ago completing grocery at a local facility. Yes, you can choose meat. Please choose meat. But when you choose meat, you can only choose two. And I'm looking at the quantity that's being offered and the price that's being offered. And I'm not going to lie, like before Corona, it was already a struggle. And now here we go with Corona. And, you know, I've heard platforms where stores are inflating prices. And my reality, my reality says it's not necessarily inflation of prices. It's a reduction of property or product. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the chicken quarters that you will used to have the choice of for $5.98 at lots of local facilities are no longer being offered. Um, chicken quarters are being offered. They're offered at a smaller size um, at a price that is a lot cheaper. Um, so, of course, you're going to buy into that for that reason. But it doesn't feed the masses as is real-life scenario for some people. And so... I'm not sure if I'm experiencing price inflation, which I don't believe. Um, instead, I'm receiving um, the quantity that you can receive. It's being limited. Um, and the options that's being presented, they're a lot flawed. Like, a pound of this used to be that, now it's this. So maybe that is price inflation. Um, it's more challenging. It's more challenging to say the least. It's more, more, more challenging. Okay. So, like, <clears throat> what do you think about the role of the essential workers? Like, um, there's a couple things that come to mind. I, like, for me personally, I work at a residential facility. I have my thoughts on certain things that's going on that I feel shouldn't be going on. Um, even at this time, even at this high alert of of health, you know, we're still taking on new admits, not knowing what they're bringing in, not knowing what they're carrying. And, you know, I, I, I just feel like, I feel like I am at a higher risk. And, and the last thing I want to do is bring that to, you know, my whole, my household. And then I come to find out that um, there was a lady who did an Instagram live and she expressed why she was quitting her job. Um, and they, she stated that they were trying to move her to the floor that had people infected or possibly infected with the coronavirus. And she stated that, you know, I have kids at home and I am not going to jeopardize their lives or my life 
um, dealing with this matter. Like, like, what's your perspective on that? And, you know, my question also extends to the fact of, you know, I feel like people that are essential workers, I think they should get paid on top of pay because they're going out on a daily basis risking their livelihood in a society that says stay home. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your what's your perspective on that? I mean, that's a great question at this time. Because I can recall a conversation I had today with, again, another essential worker. Um, Credential-wise, rather lucrative credentials. They work emergency room department at this credential. And, again, their vocalized complaints was, you know, again, this is an infrastructure that if you look at the CDC, they say XYZ got to be limited, but this got to stay as such. So, that's their environment. They are an emergency room worker, essential We've seen the Facebook memes, videos, so on and so forth. You stay at home so I can stay safe. Um, And this person, too, has kids at home. I learned enough to say that in their establishment, COVID-19 patients have their own quarantine floor. um, But they express their concerns. They express their concerns. And they were along the lines of, I'm a worker and you're prohibiting my ability to come into this work environment with protective equipment. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you I'm glad you touched on that. They say things such as protective equipment is available, but again there's as we see in supermarkets restrictions. How do you get to that point where it's 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 not much. Like, how do you get to that? You know, and this is kind of something I wonder. Like, you know, they make room in the jailhouse. They make room in the prisons. But how do you not have the essential PPE for those serving? And, and, and like, like, do you feel like that's fair? Do you feel like that's, like... I, I couldn't fathom being in a hospital working that in that in that in that scenario and even the lady stated that, you know, it wasn't like they had new equipment. They would have to pretty much recycle equipment and dealing with, you know, these people who have, you know, detrimental illness or the real life concerns of this worker who says things that says you know testing equipment is available for those that have money Um, there are clients that come inside of this infrastructure that slides through the crack and and, and, and for your own meaning Mm. but slide through the crack says enough Mm-hmm. And so, it's things like that. And 
you know, you try to matriculate through it because again, there's a bias. There's there is a relationship with this person outside of this conversation. And their health and their safety is again your importance. And so you want to give light to that. And then you want to give light to what's reality. Reality says these people got to go in and go out, go in and go out, go in and go out, go in and go out. And I have the luxury of staying in. And if I go out, I go out. And if I go in, I go out. They don't have that same luxury. I don't feel enough is being given. I've seen memes. I've seen posts. I've seen this. I've seen that. You know, I, I don't encourage walkouts because I do hope that those masses, truck drivers, um, any and all people consider essential. I hope they feel that, I mean, the simple praise that we say even in saying this, thank you. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we got veterans that get that same thank you. And it doesn't diminish the PTSD that they go through, which is the same as what we're going through. And even more so for our essential workers. And I think in such a time as this, it's even more. I mean, because it's real to life. Every, you get off work, you come home, you practice precautionary measures, and you still got a certain level of apprehension and playing nightly twister for relaxation, unwind time for a family. You want to do it, but if I do it, am I? Am I? Because I just did. And those are the magnitudes that we deal with. I don't know if we as a whole, but I as a person, I deal with. I have an essential worker that's the primary sole provider in my home and I feel my role in their life has been magnitude and I always want to be found doing what is necessary to protect them. They may wash their hands, but while you wash your hands, let me make sure you got the appropriate nutrients. And when I make this food for you, let me make sure I add a special added ingredient that boosts your immune system. But is it enough? And that fear becomes real. And I apply essential workers for all they do. Do you feel that, do you feel that they're doing enough for the essential workers, do you feel like they're getting the recognition that they deserve um, in this time? COVID-19, in my opinion, does not merit recognition. Fuck that shit, okay? Fuck that shit. If you want to recognize me for COVID-19, recognize me by way of, and this is based on a report that I've received in either personal, professional encounters while going through this impact. Fuck praising me on the book, social medias, thank yous is great, but thank yous don't mean nothing when they gotta go out there on the land and the land does not provide to them the necessary support. If that's access to protective equipment, which I get this stimulus bill may produce more of. 
okay um but i look at infrastructures that may be powerful in my own personal life i have benefits i have i have people that could benefit from a different way of life um and this different way of life may mean an infrastructure such as i don't know maybe a locked facility maybe a community that is again considered essential but if that environment is not giving them again the proper essentials past the food past the staffing are are they still socializing while still practicing social distance are they still getting the nutrients that's necessary for their way of life and i think that's the part of life um that continues to go missed okay so You know, there's been a lot of different theories as far as, you know, how this came into existence. Um, There's been a lot of different theories as far as the play or the end game that um, the pharmacies have in regards to what we're facing. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, like, I think back, and I really feel that the government is very calculated on what they do. You know, there's a movie called The Outbreak. I agree. There's a movie called The Crazies. Like, do you feel that the government is responsible with what we're encountering? Do you feel like... There is a sense of um, population control that they're trying to administer. Do you feel like there's a, a humongous payday that they're trying to gain through what we're facing? Like, what is your thoughts on that? I think the responsibility relies on we, the people, the Constitution, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure. Those were considered constitutional principles we had to memorize. And why are you memorizing them if it ain't for action? I, I feel like, again, you know, Bless his soul, President Trump. People are for, against, and it is how it goes. But if COVID-19 happened under a different administration, the roles and responsibilities remain the same. Educate, 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 educate. Our president is going to get the scrutiny because of who he is, just in natural. And COVID-19 only exacerbates it. And I still feel, again, probably losing thought of the question. So help reel me in if I am. I think the 
duty and responsibility of surviving COVID-19. It, it's not political. It could be population control. It could be all those things. But I still think that those things that shaped and formed our original constitution, I think those things rely on us as we the people. We the people can't get comfortable in a stimulus check and think that, oh, wow, I don't have to work and money still magically falls. No, no, your bills are still what they are. They said, not March, they said April, that's a deadline, extension, not loan forgiveness. So let's not forget that. That's we the people. They ain't got shit to do with your government, okay? So when your government give you that 12 stacks, 1200, whatever the fuck it is, you still got a responsibility. And their thought to stimulate the economy is what it is. You think it means speakers, jades, weaves, we the people still have a responsibility. And I think that's where my hat lies. It, the government's done their job. They didn't want to do this shit, okay? And I believe emphatically on that. We already a nation that's upside down economically. And to stimulate the economy on the back of the economy... I mean, there are some benefits, but there are some great detriments. And having this here president, regardless of how people feel or not, listen, the man got a certain level of business sense that makes sense. Do I think he reports all news accurately, timely? Nah, nah, nah. But that's the role. That's the role. And it would have been the same if it was this president or our president. So we can't get comfortable. We can't get stagnated. We, we got to see bigger, deeper than what's being presented. And I think the job is on us as we, the people. We, the people. You know, and I, and I totally agree with that. Um... Um, I posted something on Facebook. Um, I really feel, you know, not to, you know, get too spiritual. I really feel like, you know, God is calling us to stand as a people. Um, he's calling us to, to love as a people. Um, you know, it's easy to, to hide behind your four walls in this scenario. But, um, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. Um, and I feel like God is calling us to love one another, to support one another, um, to make others' problems our problems, and to just really walk as one body, you know. Um, you know, there's a song that says, you know, you need me, I need you. You know, we're all a part of God's body. You know, um, it's in his will, you know, um, that every need shall be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. I really feel like that's the characteristics that in this season God is calling us to, to, to connect with. And, and also understanding that, 
in, in, in the midst of suffering, there is growth and, and a, a greater connection to who he is. Um, you know, as we see, you know, our people suffer, as we see our people stricken with illness, you know, God is calling us to, you know, to stand and to be a pillar in our communities, to be a pillar in our neighborhoods, and to really impart love on, you know, one another, to um, grow and to establish a sense of of fortitude, you know. Um, so, you know, we appreciate you guys for listening. Um, you know, hopefully um, this segment has helped you. Um, hopefully this segment has pushed you to be creative, to be innovative, to feed your soul, to feed your mind, um, to sharpen your tools, and, you know, as we close out, you know, my question to you is, what are you doing for your neighbor? What are you doing for the person next to you? What are you doing for your society to make it um, a better society? What are you doing to make your home a better home? What are you doing to make your life a better life? And, you know, this scripture comes to mind. And David said, I've never, you know, I've been young and now I'm old. And I never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg for bread. So I feel like this is a time to connect with your spiritual man or your spiritual woman and understand that no matter what you go through, no matter what the hardship is, that God has a plan, he has an answer, and he has a purpose for you. And his purpose for you is to stand up, not to slide by, but to stand up. So we appreciate your ears. You know, please subscribe. Please share. Um, please give your feedback. We love you. We here for you. And I believe and I know for sure that God is going to see us through. Because there's a song that says, if God said it, I believe it. And if you believe it, you can achieve it. Amen. So we love y'all, man. Thanks for your ear. God bless. Nova, you got any closing words, baby? <laughs> I, I just want to stay positive. Stay motivated for you, for you, for you, for you. Don't let this season capture you in a negative light. Use this as an opportunity for you. I mean, this is self-exploration, self-growth, and as my daughter reminds me all the time, man, ain't nowhere we can go from here. 
But up. But up. Started from the bottom, but we're here. Amen. <laughs> Amen.